The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Newey Scruggs. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the Players Lounge on this beautiful, beautiful Monday slash morning, almost afternoon. We're at the SWBC Podcast Studios, and we're without our main man, our Emmy Award winning host, Nui Scruggs, who's off in Europe on assignment, as they say, on assignment over in Europe somewhere. So he mad he got to be there. Yeah, we all in the group chat for those. We all in the group chat talking to Nui, talking about, yeah, I just got to be there for class. You got to be in Portugal for class. Like, no, I ain't trying to hear it. I ain't got to go. I ain't got to go. But it's all good, though, because me and McCray, we're going to hold it down for y'all on the Players' Lounge this afternoon. So, McCray, man, let me, let me, you was gone last week, right? You was traveling. Yeah, listen, I was doing what's going on. Everything I could to get back. Okay, okay. I went okay. to my brother's wedding. Hey, uh, congratulations! A six o'clock flight to try to get back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a bright we early. Landed in the, in, the, in the terminal we didn't park in. Had to catch the terminal link. We were taking all the stops, and I'm texting y'all like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there." You Finally, did. I'll, I'll give you that. that. You did. You did. I ain't gonna make this miracle <laughs> happen. But I'm going home. <laughs> you had to go through customs, all that. Yeah, when you said eight fifty, I was like, "Oh yeah, they, yeah." Then I did. I didn't know that we had to get the daughter a global entry because me and the wife. Have global entry. Oh. You know, the, the little one, no matter what age, gotta have their own to, joint, yeah, right? Because global entry is a membership yeah. and not just a, you know, a little thing to keep you safe. So, well, I'm yeah. glad you made it back safe, you yeah, know, I'm, and, and I'm you're here. on the show with us today. I'm All right. Hold on, wait. Oh, you know, okay. Safe, okay. safe, safe, you know, is, is is a word that may not be so true. All oh. right. Don't drink the water out there. Oh, <laughs> where was you at? Man, where was you at for the Mexico, viewers? Man. You was in Me- what part of Mexico we was, was you in? Cancun. And the water ain't good in Cancun. Cancun. I don't know what happened, but I know one thing: the, the stomach bug was going through the house when we got back. Oh, it, it was not a good week for us. It, right? it was, it was, it was <laughs> a struggle, huh? It was a struggle. It was a struggle week. Mexico is great. I don't know what got us, but but something did. Some something was in that water. So I, I made it back safe, man, but I, I didn't feel so safe when I got back. Yeah, my stomach was out of there. Well, hopefully this is a better week. All right? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm back, you baby. You back. back. You back. We, we starting this thing off right. Last week. Oh, how'd the camps go? Camps we get. We had two camps last week. We had camp Saturday and Sunday. One of them sold out, so we, you know, we rolling. We rolling. Hey, you heard it there first, man. McCray's rolling with this week, not last week, but this week. So <laughs> let's dive a little bit into this uh, into this Cowboys football thing right now. And one of the best players on the team, he's one of the younger players on this team. But obviously, I think off of last year, he could be considered maybe top two, if not, you know, number one on this team. And that's Michael Parsons. I mean, we've seen how much of an impact. This guy was able to have coming from a rookie season. He didn't even play his last year at Penn State due to COVID. He, you know, he took the gear off, came in raw as a rookie, and really kind of took over this team and almost took the NFL by storm. The way he was able to come off the edge as a defensive end and then also play sideline to sideline as a linebacker out there. And, and me and you both know we played this game as rookies going into the to the season or going into camp. It's it's hard enough just knowing your position out there and knowing the playbook and what you got to do. This guy was able to do both of that at the DN's position and the linebacker position. So I ask you, McCray, what can this guy do, if anything, to improve upon such a stellar rookie season going into year number two? Man, that is a that is a very tough thing, right? I think I think the best thing Michael Parsons Michael Parsons can do mm-hmm. 
is to try to mirror what he did last year. Okay. If you get the exact same <laughs> Michael Parsons <laughs> this year that you got in 2021, then you got a hell of a player. You do. Sometimes what happens is, you know, these guys have these great rookie seasons, and then all of a sudden those offensive coordinators are like, how can we exploit the weakness that this player has? So they'll be watching film, trying to see if his eyes are right, mm-hmm. trying to see if he's stronger in the pass versus the run, see what his rush weakness is, what his strength is, what he likes to do, what side he likes to rush on, and then they try to scheme their offense based on that. So Michael Parsons can go into training camp, into this offseason, knowing that that is what they're planning to do and try to have some type of counter for it. The great thing about it is Dan Quinn is here. Ah. All right? <laughs> Dan and the great Quinn, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, I believe what he did with Michael Parsons last year he knows how he can build on that. Okay. He sees the good and the bad and what Michael Parsons can work on. There's not that many things the guy has to improve on, but yeah, you can always get better. So I say this. He needs to keep being the leader, pushing guys like Demarcus Lawrence to beat him in sacks. Yeah, we already seen what he's talking <laughs> yeah. about. He said he ain't getting it back. Yes. In the meeting last week, he, he ain't needs, getting that sack He, need, he needs back. to keep being that guy as a second-year player. Mm-hmm. He also needs to not reach. Don't reach and try to force things, right? Yeah. If, if your year doesn't start off as good as it did last year, don't start all of a sudden getting down on yourself thinking that you know, you're not playing as well. It's going to come. And I think those things – Kinda happens sometimes, right? All of a sudden you got 10 sacks. The next season you got six or seven, and you're like, oh, that's a drop-off. That's not it, man. That's not how it works. Just keep grinding. Just know that people are keying on you. The Aaron Donald effect. Mm -hmm. In the first half of the Super Bowl, you see Aaron Donald kind of quiet because the double teaming, the the game is just flowing in a different way and not allowing him to be able to get those pass rushes. And then all of a sudden, break out Aaron Donald. This is true. This is true. Michael Parsons is going to get the Aaron Donald treatment (laughs) this season. I can guarantee you that. So just make sure you just keep fighting, young man. We all are depending on you. I'm depending on you because I need us to get that top 10 <laughs> yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going we to put a little something on that. We're going to put a little something on that top nah, 10. But yeah, my, I think Michael Parsons can do it again, man, but it's, it's going to be tough because the year that he had last year was was an all-time year. It was an all-time year, and you're right, it's definitely going to be tough, in my opinion. We, and we've seen this before. I mean, we've seen, you know, Robert Griffin – when we were both here with the Cowboys, when he, you know, kind of took off on that rookie, that rookie sensation and led them, Washington, to their first playoff appearance in I don't know how many years, and he was outstanding. You know, nobody could pretty much put a finger on how to stop this guy, whether it was him throwing through the air for 400 yards or him taking off for 150 yards. He was a tough guy to contain. And I remember his rookie year in, in Dallas. <laughs> got me. Got me. Got me a couple times. I got so frustrated. I hit the man out of bounds twice. They almost ejected me from the game. But that's a different story for another day. But that guy was amazing his rookie year. But then we come around to that very next year. And like you said, offensive coordinators, this time defensive coordinators, all offseason, especially in, in, uh, in the NFC East, they're looking at this guy and saying, okay, how can we take advantage of him? How can we shut this down and uh, kind of make him pedestrian? And whatever those defensive coordinators were able to do, they kind of got a corral on him. Now, injuries, you know, they kind of hurt, hurt him as right. well. But when, he didn't have that great start like he did his rookie year because defenses kind of figured things out. So you kind of always got to update your resume or you kind of always got to switch things up and you can't really rely on the same thing because in this league everybody's good and if they get a hold on you and they figure out what you're doing they get a B these defensive coordinators they're good and what they're going to do is they're going to shut you down and we saw that from Robert Griffin now with Michael Parsons like you said if he goes out there 
and has just the same exact season as he had <laughs> this rookie season. I mean, he's this guy's going to be great. But the thing is, he's going to have to improve on, in my opinion at least, is his second level. And that's, that's the linebacker. I mean, we know coming off the edge as a DN, he's strong, powerful, quick, got all the wiggle. He can get around, you know, linemen pretty easy. But that's that second level that they're going to ask him to play linebacker. Can he be able to read the running pass? Is he going to be able to do the play action? Is he going to be able to – bleed sideline to sideline like he was as a rookie when offensive coordinator is going to be playing with his eyes. And I mean, by playing with his eyes, I mean, you know, play action fake, getting them think it's run, but it's really pass. It's going to be tough for him, but if anybody could do it, like you said, Michael Parsons got DQ. He can help him out. I saw Michael Parsons as a rookie player pass off a switch route <laughs> and then go play the wheel. For people who don't, that is one of the most difficult things to do as a defensive back. Yes, it is. <laughs> he did it as a rookie linebacker playing defensive, uh, playing linebacker. Also, at times playing defensive end, playing on the right side, playing on the left side. He has so many things going through his mind, and he get out there and switch that thing and cover it like a defensive back. So, I think Michael Parsons got it, man. He just needs to, like I said, keep his mind right, mm-hmm. talk to guys like De- DeMarcus Ware, who were longtime guys who year in and year out, no matter what defenses did to them, offensive did to them, they, they found, found ways way. to get there. I remember uh, watching DeMarcus Ware play, and he had four sacks on Michael Vick. He did. right At, <laughs> at the time, Michael Vick, you, <laughs> like, you couldn't touch Michael Vick in the phone booth. It was the greatest show on turf yeah. uh, part two. Right? Yeah, it was. Up in Philly, it was. They, 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 they thought they were doing uh, great things. So him and DeMarcus Ware are cool. Just keep that knowledge, man. Go get that knowledge from DeMarcus Ware, and I think you can be great. But it's, it's not a fall off if you have nine. Yeah, it's not because, <laughs> like you said, if you reach and you're trying to, you know, if you start the season off slow, we've seen it happen time and time again. Guys start to try to force things. You know, they're going to feel, man, the ball's just not coming my way. I'm not getting a lot of tackles. So you try to go out of the way to, to make plays. When in that system, that's how that's how, in my opinion, you know, defenses start to crumble. When you got a guy who's saying, "All right, man, I, I got to make this play," and you try to do other people's responsibilities. What's going to happen nine times out of ten, and we've seen this before, is when you, when they start to see you, you know, reaching over here or trying to do somebody else's responsibility, they're going to hit you right where you were supposed to be. And that's how defenses get compromised and big plays happen. So hopefully, like you said, you know, Parsons can come back and follow up last year with what he did his rookie season. But I think it's going to be a little tough, but he has all the, the makeup, athletic ability, all that to pretty much – at least, in my opinion, duplicate what he did as you, rookie season. You better mention DQ, all right? When you're making the list of the makeup <laughs> I was and all that ready stuff, to get to right, make sure that you say he has Dan Quinn mentoring him specifically, all right? Newey told us last year that they was walking up and down the field, <laughs> him was. and Mike McCarthy, they right? was. So right. every time you mention Michael Parsons, you mention Dan Quinn. Because you remember <laughs> when they thought Dan Quinn was leaving last season, Michael Parsons was sitting up there doing his interview, and you could tell that in his heart, he wanted Dan Quinn to come back. And what Dan Quinn do? He came back. Came back, he man. He came back. Which, came which back. is going to put a little bit of pressure on McCarthy overall. But, you know, like I said, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Ooh, I take a slugs at Big Mike, mm, huh? Big Mike early. Early. Uh, Big Mike early. Big Mike had y'all thinking that, <laughs> sipping that Kool-Aid. Now you over here talking about pressure. <laughs> I was the Kool-Aid, man. I was. But that was, oof, that was a rough year back then. But speaking of speaking of your man, D. Quinn, and I say your man because you was the one. I'll give props where props is due. You were the one coming into the, to that year saying, you know what, we need to acquire a guy like Dan Quinn. And I was over here like, how are we going to acquire Dan Quinn when he's giving up 28-3 half <laughs> halftime leads in the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. But you get you got it right. The guy came in here and made the most of what his team and what he was given. And the carpenter had his tools, and he did a great job with that defense. In your opinion, 
How hard is it, or will he even be able to follow up such a great year he had last year coming up this year? Because we've seen it before. Defenses go up and down. Can he stay consistently as one of those better defenses, especially taking the football away? Man, it's it's crazy because I think he can, and I and I kind of compare it to like um, like when when new head coaches um, move from one college to another, right? And mm-hmm. you say, all right. You give them three or four years, right? Because you got to get in your own recruiting class, mm-hmm. get your own players built to, built for your system. Right now, we're in year two of that. If you look at the drafts in the two years that Dan Quinn has been here, it's been heavy defense. Heavy <laughs> it's been defense. Heavy defense. And specifically on the areas that me, you, and Nui always talk about we need to get better in. Defensive line. Yes. We got a linebacker last year. We got some guys who can cover. <laughs> we yeah. got some oh, cover yeah. guys, oh, right? Yeah. And then, listen, people are asleep on Demond Clark. All right? I'm just telling you. The more card of the LSU, yes, the LSU, LSU guy. guy. Okay. Watch his film when he was at LSU. The dude is an absolute monster. He's a leader on the field. If there's a chance of him coming back and being 80, 90% of what he was at Louisiana State University, they got them a guy. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy for Dan Quinn to be able to work with. Okay. So I'm seeing Dan Quinn put these pieces in order. We got we got some beef on the defensive line now. You still got Michael Parsons who can rush. You got, got Demarcus Lawrence. You got O.C. Zua. You got your guy Neville Gallimore who you said is going to be a star two years ago. You I said did. I did say If that. he has a healthy year. So Dan Quinn has the pieces. Mm-hmm. I think he has more pieces now than he had last year. Right, oh. and, and now, now they're in their second year of being able to be in that Dan Quinn system. I think you're gonna see this team play a lot better. All right, we got Ooh. we got to cover better. We got to, we got to give up a, a few uh, less yards. Mm-hmm. We got to hold it down in the run game. But we got so much better from the year before Dan Quinn got here to when he was here. I, I'm just telling you, the sky's the limit for year two in the Dan Quinn defense. I, I tend to agree with you on that one because. It, you know, he added those tools. Like you said, the carpenter always needs his tools. And, I, you know, I hearken back to my time in Jacksonville when in 2017 we went all the way to the AFC Championship game and we had the number one defense in the National Football League, number one in sacks, number one in taking the football away. We were on top of the world. You know, at the end of the day, we got beat by Brady in the last two minutes. Sh- shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened at all. <laughs> I, oh, that's, still, that's still a dagger yeah, in my soul. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Hit on, on Grunk. Cost you something. Hey, man, that was the, <laughs> man, we okay. were, that was the cleanest hit. All right. Grunk. Going up the seams, Brady tries. I'm in the middle of the field, deep third safety. Brady tries to look me off a little bit. I didn't fall for it. Threw a dime in the, into a Gronk. Hit him right in his chest. I'm talking about right here. Legal as you can get. All shoulder, no helmet. I hit him dead in his chest. Knocked him out the game. Next thing I know, I look up, there's a flag. 15-yard penalty. Another flag. They're in the end zone before <laughs> halftime. And it all went downhill from there. But with that team in 2017, that Jacksonville team that I was on, had um, – and uh, they basically basically it was the same thing with the Cowboys. We took the football away great, and overall we sacked the quarterback great as well. So we were a great defense, but going into that next year, I think we kind of just thought, you know, it's just going to double back. We're going to run this thing back, kind of like how Tampa Bay. They brought everybody back thinking mm-hmm. they were just going to go straight back to the Super Bowl, and we thought – Hey, we're gonna. We had a great defense last year. Let's continue that. We don't need to make any changes. So we didn't bring a lot of defensive players in as far as draft or free agents. We just thought we could run it back, and we ran it back on a first place schedule. So for those who don't know, <laughs> if you win your division that following year, you got to play all the first place teams in those other oh, divisions, like the Cowboys, like the Cowboys like, do uh, this year. Yes, they got the Tampa's, you know, all that good. Got Joe Burrow coming through. So. <laughs> 
what we didn't do, we didn't bring more. We didn't get better on the defensive side of the ball. We stayed the same. And we still had a top 10 defense, but we weren't as strong as we were last year or in 2017. 2017, we were the reason that we got to the AFC Championship. That following year, we were still good, but we needed help along the way. And the only thing I can say about the Cowboys that's different in this go-around is they brought in more tools on that defensive side. Because last year, they were great, and in my opinion. They, would, they might not have been top 10 as far as statistics, but they took the ball away, and they always gave – Dak Prescott and his offense a chance to win. This year, they didn't just rest on their laurels. They brought in guys. Like you said, they brought in the the, the Clark from LSU. They still got uh, Cox coming in once he gets back from his injury. You got some cats that you brought in from free agency. Is, se- is, is Newey's got Marquise Bell? He, yeah, he, he, he's undrafted. <laughs> I see, I see, I see him, and I see him in the paper. He got inter- interceptions. I'm hearing hearing Dave and them talk about him. He's he's, he's a shining spot. I mean, they gave two hundred k to be undrafted. Hey man, it's something about those undrafted safeties. <laughs> they undrafted seem to shine. Ricky Fri- I, don't I don't know. I think Will McClay and them they they find a way to get the guys who who who, who other teams have missed out on that are undrafted. Shout Usually at the McClay. safety position, and they find guys to come in there and make plays. So shout out to them. But got the Marquise Bell. You got guys that Dan Quinn and Will mm-hmm. McClay. They're fine. Guys, they find to them. fit into Dan Quinn's system, and that is that is a super positive for the the direction that this team can go in. And I think they also got a steal in the second round with Sam Williams. I mean, you talking about a guy who was SEC Player of the Year, Ole Miss defensive end who can get after the quarterback. If you got eleven sacks and you played in the SEC, so if you got eleven sacks in the SEC, you're doing something yep. in my opinion. So they're bringing in talent. On all stages of the defense, they're not just resting on what they did last year. And like you said, you got the mad DQ over there, the mad genius with his hat on backwards. He can figure things out. And if he can get the best out of that team last year, I think he can get the best out of that team this year. And I want to see what Ridgeway is going to do. Right? Ooh, big Ridgeway. That's a big boy. I want to see what Ridgeway is going to do because, we've been, like I said, we've been talking about the trenches. All right? We need some size in the trenches. Without a doubt. And he's bringing some. He's bringing some size. Ridgeway's a, a big guy. He's right? a big man. Uh, and if if he can back it up and, and and bring what he brought in college, that nasty defensive mm-hmm. line where those offensive linemen are like, man, I, I'm not trying to block this guy. Right? He's just in there taking up space, holding up gaps, and not letting you run the ball in the A and in the A and B gaps. Mm-hmm. If you can get a guy that can do that, and they have to run on the edge against the Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. It, no way. I'm just I feel really good about where this defense is going second year under Dan Quinn. From the drafts that we've that we've gotten, the the what he showed that that he can do in year one. It's just a few things we gotta tighten up and I think we 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 are on track to have one of those staple defenses. Because I think what what Dan Quinn and what this, you know, Cowboys team did was they addressed some needs. I mean, defensively, what did we see in that in that 49ers game in the trenches? <laughs> On both sides of the football. It was, you know, defensively we got punched in the mouth and they ran the ball literally down our throat the entire game, especially that first drive. And offensively, I mean, that, that 49ers D-line, it was special. But, I mean, they they were making Dak Prescott's day a living hell back there. And then with penalties, with the offensive line, I mean, I think what this Cowboys team did is they addressed both sides in the trenches what they needed to do. And hopefully that can snowball into uh, some positive reinforcement for this yeah, team. Yeah, because that bully ball that Denver came in and, and did to us, man, laid the blueprint out that we just we just weren't physical enough in the trenches. But now, I think at least on the defensive side, for sure, 
I believe at least the effort has been put in to show that we are we are addressing the needs that yes. we have. All right, so I'm, I'm I'm cool with it on defense. I'm sure we'll get to the offense, but defense, I feel good. All right, let's give up less yards. Uh, you know, in the passing game, let's let's step it up a little bit without giving up those those deep those deep uh, deep balls. Mm-hmm. And even though you you're getting the interceptions, we want to get the interceptions and. We want to have suffocate. We want to <laughs> suffocate. We don't. Want, we don't want to give up one for the other and just have this, this this unbalanced defense. So if we can do that, look for us to be top ten. All right, all right. We got, look, we'll have something on that. Look, look for us to be top ten. We got Washington. Okay, we got what we play against Carson Wentz. Okay, that's twice. we got Danny Dobbs. That's twice. Okay, all right. we don't know what what Jalen Hurts and them are going to be. All right, that's twice. All mm-hmm. right, so we we have an opportunity against some teams. It you, is. you go down. I, we got an opportunity to be a top ten defense. All right, we just, we'll just don't let our foot off the gas, and we'll be all right. All right, we're going to go into our first break, but before we do, there was a top ten list. <laughs> That was made. NFL Network, uh, they had a top 10 list of the top cover guys out there in the National Football League. One cowboy made it, but I don't think it's who you think it is. When we get back with the Players' Lounge, we'll discuss this top 10 list and if it is a correct top 10 list. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by SWBC. Oh, no, not brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm sorry. At the SWBC Podcast Studio, Barry Church, Danny McRae, we'll get to you when we get back. No more free hotels with Barry. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Back to the Players' Lounge. Registration is open for Dallas Cowboys Youth Academy camps presented by Invisalign. Do not miss the chance to learn from former Dallas Cowboy players, me, mm. <laughs> and current Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash academy to learn more and secure your spot today. We have about eight camps left. 
Four of them are sold out. So mm-hmm. make sure you log on as soon as you can to get signed up before you don't have a chance to visit one of our camps this summer. And why not learn from Cowboys legend Danny yeah. McRae yeah. out there? All right, so go ahead and book yeah, you them. You, you see, it's sold out. It's sold out already. Go ahead and book them. Go early. We tell you this every single hey, time. Sign, you don't want to be left out. Sign right here. Church gonna be here. He's he gonna sign right here. Church coming. Church church will be there. All right, y'all. I just, just need an invite. Just let, got, us, let us <laughs> let us know which one you want church to come to. All right, he I just signed. Free too. I signed. do it for free too. Oh just man, just come, my boy okay. McRae, man. Oh, economy is bad free. and everything. You get you still yeah, giving out free. I'm giving out the freebies. I'm giving out the freebies. So, nah, sign up, man. Hurry up. Hurry up. Sign up, man. Come see me. Come, come see, see you, boy. I'm telling you, the camps is unbelievable. <laughs> I done seen it for myself. But let's get back into this Cowboys football. And before we went on break, you know, I, I talked about a top 10 list, you know, that was made by, from the, Nick Shook from the NFL Network. He's an NFL writer over there. And he made a top 10 list, not only corners, there's some safeties involved, but the top 10 cover guys throughout the NFL last year. Now, I'm going to go through some of these names. You may know them. You may not know them. But a Cowboy did make the list. One Cowboy did make the list. He's fairly high, too. He's fairly high, too. He, he's what is he, top six in there. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. fairly high. So let's go through this list. Just missed the cut. That means that you, you, was, you was honorable mention. Kyle Duggar, the safety from uh, New England. Darius Slay, the cornerback from Philadelphia Eagles, who I thought had an outstanding year last year. Big play Slay, shout out. Carlton Davis, the corner from uh, Tampa Bay, who he got roasted and toasted a little bit here and there, but I guess they say he's one of the top oh, corners he, out you know, there. He's honorable, man. He just missed the cut. Like, just, I think that they just being nice. They just being nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He missed the cut. <laughs> so here goes the top 10 list. At number 10, we got Xavier Howard, the corner opposite of Byron Jones down there in Miami. Just got that super mega deal. He's, one of the, he's probably the top corner in the National Football League, right? Or Paid corner in the National Football League right now. At number nine, you got Jamel Dean, corner for the uh, other corner for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number eight, Levi Wallace. He's uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers now. He was with the Bills in 21. Number seven is Cameron Dantzler, who a lot of people don't, might not know about. He you know, had a lot of potential coming out of college, didn't really get in favors with Mike Zimmer over there in Minnesota, so he was kind of on and off the field, but he made a list at number seven. He played, he played well. He did when he, he played was well. when when he when he was when he was playing he played, he played well. well he okay. played well so maybe he'll get a little bit more playing yeah. time this year at number six our one and only cowboy to make this list and it's not who you may think it is you may think a guy with eleven interceptions and was just ball hawking and you know had one of the greatest seasons in Cowboys history what would, about would be on the list what right? about is it Jordan Lewis. It's not Jordan Lewis who okay. also had a you know a pretty good season at that slot you think he would be on this list as well but. To surprise a few, it's Anthony Brown, who's listed at number six as one of the top cover guys out there in the National Football League. The only cowboy to make it at number six is Anthony Brown. I'm, listen, I'm just telling you, okay, like mm-hmm. I told y'all last season, outside of the first game when we all were mistaken and we thought were, that he, we got in, he got beat by Antonio Brown one-on-one, man-to-man, and we figured out that it was two-man because his, his his defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, Dan came Quinn, to his defense and let everybody know that that was a two-man. The safety should have been over the top. Outside of that, 
miscommunication on our fault and, and you know, us jumping the gun. Mm-hmm. The dude had a good season. He did. I think he had, he had a good season. I think he had his best season as a pro. Interceptions, cover, like all the heat, and they were going at him, and he was yeah. he was standing up. He so, was. And for the, for the viewers that don't know, two man is basically a, as a corner. You press the wide receiver at the line of scrimmage, but you let him get on top of you, and you play underneath him. So you may let him get a yard or two yards ahead of you, and you play all the underneath routes because you know. Well, at least supposedly, there's going to be a safety over the top of you to prevent all that deep routes. And uh, Dan Quinn basically said that came to Anthony Brown's defense in that game. Number five, you got Kevin Bayard, who is another ball-hawking safety out there. Number four, the young guy, Patrick Sertan. He had a great rookie season over there in Denver. And then yeah, you got – Patrick Sertan came here and locked us up in that did. Denver game. He did. He put the claims yeah, on a oh, lot yeah. of games. He was, we were struggling. You talking about pause. I mean, yeah, because Amari Cooper, he yeah, – You right. talking about the, he, 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 the number one that yeah, was here, yeah, okay. but he, he's right. in Cleveland. Because yeah, Jerry Jones said uh, – sorry, listen, I missed, I missed the week. I know y'all covered Jerry Jones shooting the slug at my man oh, Amari Cooper, right? There was, there was slugs you, okay. being, being shot slugs. out there. And it was – Right, <laughs> yeah, it's another day. <laughs> but Patrick, Patrick Sertain locked, you know, he did, he did. his thing. He did his thing. He's a good corner out there. Then you got a number three, Razul Douglas, who had a – I think he had a pretty good year with uh, Green Bay, especially when the playoffs came around. Number two, J.C. Jackson, the corner out of uh, the Patriots last year who got a massive deal, who now plays for the Chargers. And number one on this list – He's kind of a sleeper, but he had an amazing season in my in my opinion. He only allowed only 50% of his passes thrown at him to be completed, and that's AJ Terrell. He might not have had a lot of the the interceptions, but to me, he was blanketing receivers out there. So I ask you, McCray, going through this list, did Nick Shook get it right by placing Anthony Brown as the only cowboy to make this top ten cover list? Man, look, okay. Let, let's let's break it down to, to to the stats that he used. Okay. 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 Passer rating allowed. Anthony Brown seventy five point eight. I can almost guarantee you that Trayvon Diggs passer rating allowed is higher than that. And he did give up over okay. a thousand yards. Catch rate allowed below expectation. He went into some stuff, but let's go. Target rate. 21.7%. So, they were throwing the ball at this guy. They were. They were. And he's defending it. Average separation, 2.6 yards. Uh, tight window, 28. 28. These are low numbers. These are low. All right? These are low. Now, what we what we are going to do next, for next show is we're going to get Trayvon Diggs' uh, numbers. That's what we need to see. And, and compare it. And I'm, and I'm absolutely sure that these numbers will be better than Trayvon Diggs. The thing that Trayvon Diggs has over Anthony Brown in the in the previous season was the amount of interceptions and turnovers he was able to create uh, on the back end. But Anthony Brown was no slouch in creating turnovers. He now he wasn't. He had three interceptions himself. Pick he had the six. one in the in the in the playoffs that almost brought us back against the 49ers. So pick, pick six. He did. Yeah. He had a couple pick sixes. So, Solid tackler out there. Overall, I, he had a good season. I'm in my he, opinion. I think. I think as far as. Cover corners. You're not. You're not saying like playmakers. Yeah. Because I think Trayvon Diggs is, he, he is, would have is to be. above and be. beyond a, a better playmaker than uh, than Anthony Brown at mm-hmm. this point. But as far as covering, yeah, I think I think he got it right on this one. Which is, I think that also Trayvon Diggs will grow and become a better better cover corner yeah. as well. But right now, yes, I think that he's in he's in a perfect spot. I think so too. I mean, the guy, like you said, you went off all the stats. He didn't allow as many completions as. And when you're watching the games, you're thinking, okay, man, Anthony Brown. But it's only maybe once or twice in the game that he's getting caught on. And and it's for, like, you know, minimal gainage, maybe 10 to 15 yards. You know, before in the past, previous years, he would be known for that guy that that would lose the 50-50 ball. And what I mean by 50-50 is – 
basically the quarterback's throwing it up one-on-one between Anthony Brown and a wide receiver, and those guys would go over top of him. Because, I mean, receivers are big in this league, and they would make those 50-50 catches on him. But this year, I think he did a much better job of staying in that hip pocket of the receiver, making sure if it is a catch, it's a contested catch. And as a defensive back and as a as coaching staff, I'm sure they would tell you, as long as you're in the right spot and you're making these hard, and they're making some unbelievable catches, but you're contesting them, you can live with that. Because nine times out of ten, guys aren't going to just bring down one-handed grabs the entire game. I mean, they're, they're going to drop a few out there. So, in my opinion, I think Anthony Brown had a heck of a season, very solid season out there. And hopefully going into this year, with the competition that, there's, that they're bringing in for this defense, I mean, you got Boss Man Fat, a.k.a. Kelvin <laughs> Joseph over there. Um, you got the Sean Wright over there who had some experience last year. There's going to be a battle, in my opinion, for that second and third cornerback spot. And uh, hopefully Anthony Brown can continue and build on what he did last year. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm – I'm actually a little bit more optimistic about uh, the security that Anthony Brown has oh. in, his, in his number two spot. Okay, okay? Right. the man's on the list. We saw what our eye test. I think what happens with Anthony Brown is, you know, you get a sour taste in your mouth from guys in previous seasons, right? Yeah. So if somebody had a bad season in season 2020, where you just saw him getting caught on all over the place, and then you move into the next season. And you automatically assume in two men that yeah. he got burnt for a touchdown. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh man! But this is based off what happened previously. Here go Anthony Brown again, right? Yeah. That's like that's that's the thought that you get in your head. So I think that happens almost any time Anthony Brown gets a pass uh, caught on him. Everybody's like, oh, here go Anthony Brown again. But in the grand scheme of you look at the big picture, cornerbacks are going to get passes caught on them. Yeah. When you're not giving up the big play. You're locking down in, in tight situations and those mm-hmm. big time situations. You're getting interceptions and in, in times to turn the game. You are a top notch corner, and yeah. I think Anthony Brown turned into one of those guys in the 2021 season. But people were kind of still leaning on things that they had saw in previous seasons. So y'all give Anthony Brown his props. All right, he came out <laughs> and he balled. He, did. he balled. Nothing short of that. He was on the defense who went from almost worst to middle of the pack and could have been top ten had it be for you know coaches not taking out some guys mm-hmm. when we had 20 point leads and all and all those other things. So. Anthony Brown, I think I think he solidified his spot as the second corner. He would have to do something atrocious to lose that spot. To me, to me, it's very similar to a guy we we both played with, um, and that's the goat, Jeff Heath. I mean, a lot of a, <laughs> yes. lot, a lot of people, you know, off of his rookie season where he, I mean, he struggled a little bit, undrafted, safety, free, undrafted free agent coming in, he was kind of thrown into the fire, and he struggled a little bit as a rookie, which you know all of us did when we first got into the NFL, but. As the years went on, I think Jeff Heath developed into an extremely solid safety. I would say a good safety in this National Football League. He always is around the football, solid tackler, and he's a lot faster than people think he is. So, to me, it it was they're in both kind of similar situations to where anytime something bad would happen to Heath, it was like, oh, why the heck is Heath in the football game? Why is he doing this? We need to bench him. When reality is, he's playing well. He's just got that stigma from his rookie season that kind kind of carried with him throughout his career. But I see them as both in a similar situation. And hopefully, like you said, Anthony Brown, I think he can lock down that number two spot once training camp gets in there, and, and hopefully he he can build upon that season he had last year. But, you know, let, let's dive a little bit into the offensive side. I mean, we, we you know, we're defensive guys, so we're <laughs> always going to kind of lean towards the defense because that's our specialty. But let's talk a little bit on the offensive side because I want to get your thoughts on this. Are the Cowboys relying too much on unproven factors going into the season. Now, I know we haven't gone into training camp and, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of time left for these guys to develop, but 
there's a possibility going into the season that we have C.D. Lamb, who this will be his first year being that quote-unquote number one receiver. And outside of that, if Michael Gallup starts on the PUP list or physically unable to perform, he'll be not available till week six. So we're going in there with a James Washington. Who has experience. Who has experience from Pittsburgh, former first-round yeah. draft choice. Um, in my opinion, he never really lived up to that first-round uh, pick in, in Pittsburgh. He, he had some glimpses of some shine here and there, but never really had that consistency, in my opinion. Then you're also going in there with a rookie, Jalen Tolbert, who I think he's going to be expected to contribute to this offense in a, in a big way, you know, because we lost said Wilson. You know, we lost Amari Cooper. So I think he's going to have to fill in in that third receiver role and possibly second receiver role if Michael Gallup, you know, can't come back to what he was. And then you also have Dalton Schultz, who had a hell of a year last year. I doubt it, but he two, had a two, hell of a year. Two in a row now. Two in a row. So he's, <laughs> he's getting more consistent. He's getting more consistent. So you're left with that, and then you have a good running game. Hopefully we're able to use that with, with Pollard and, and uh, Zeke. But you also, in my opinion, you're going to throw a rookie guard in there as well. Because I think, you know, first-round pick, he's going to start. He's going to get thrown into the fire, in my opinion. They're going to ask a lot of him as a rookie. So I'm going to ask you this. Are the Cowboys relying too much on unproven factors or unproven offensive players going into this uh, 2022 NFL season? I would say no. (laughs) I I I don't think so. Um as as we all know, I do have a, a little bit more confidence in my man Washington coming mm-hmm, over from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I know he had issues with the drops. He had some drops. He's yeah, out there, but there's some receiver coach on this on this <laughs> on this side of the NFC who believes that he can get that fixed. Mm-hmm. They picked him up because they saw the talent that he had. Once he gets the balls in his hand, he just has to catch the ball and then learn how to be in the right position. We saw him in the walking boots. So That's he still huge. Has, he still has to catch up and, and find out where, where to be at. But I think with a leader like Dak and then Kellen Moore and them, I think they'll they'll get him right uh, okay. and ready to play on offense. So I'm not really worried about the receiver position. Okay. And I'll say this continuously because last year we did not run an offense that forced somebody to be a true number one. We did not say, hey, man, you – no matter what's happening on this play, we're throwing the ball to you, and we need you to make a play for Similar us. Similar to Green Bay with Devontae. Yes, okay. I, don't, I don't think we played that way. That's why you saw guys like Noah Brown and guys like Cedric Wilson be able to make big plays in those situations because we weren't looking for specifically C.D. Lamb or Amari Cooper. It was like, we're going to run this route, and Dak's going to find whoever's supposed to be open based on whatever scheme we're running. Okay. Which, if we do the same thing this year, I'm not worried. I, I believe guys are going to be in the right position to make those plays, mm-hmm. and then they got to catch the ball. I don't think they have to do anything that's, that's something super crazy and out of out of their their depths when okay. it comes to what like what their talent allows them to do. I don't think I don't think we're going to play that type of game. You don't think Kellen's gonna gonna switch it up to where he's like, all right, CD is my guy. Nope. I got to figure a way to get him the football. So why, why didn't he do that last year when Amari was making twenty? <sighs> he didn't. Or what he about didn't. the previous year? He didn't. It didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So I don't see it happening this year. He can prove me wrong, but mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. I do hope that we are going to lean a little bit more on the run game. And the only reason, and the only reason I believe that that is going to happen is not because all of a sudden he's going to switch. Mm-hmm. I think that what they're seeing from Tony Pollard and what they believe that he can do, I think that is going to force them to then get the ball in Tony Pollard's hand more. I don't see it being him lining up in the slot receiver mm-hmm. like people are assuming. I think they're going to line him up in the backfield. They're going to try to create mismatches on linebackers, and then they're going to get the ball to him that way. They're going to spread it out, maybe run some type of read option. I think that's the way they're going to get on the ball, and that is going to step up our running game, which is going to take a little bit of pressure off of Dak in this passing game. Because what we, what we know, when we played in this league, if 
you're able to run the football. And, I mean, this is like beating a dead drum right now. But <laughs> if you're able to run the football, it opens up so much more for your offense. You have the play action, which, in turn, if you're running the football well, they're going to stack that box. And what I mean by that, they're going to bring that safety down. They're going to make that an eight-man box. Four uh, defensive linemen, three linebackers, and maybe even a safety walking down. That's going to open up the field so much more. For your passing attack, if you're able to lean on the running game. But what we've seen from Kellen Moore these past two years, you know, him as offensive coordinator, he kind of treats it like Madden, where it's like, oh, man, we're down 10. I got to throw, 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 throw. Look, Kellen, it's only the second quarter. You still got a lot of time to get back in this game. Don't just throw away the run game because you're down a score or two. So hopefully we're able to lean on that run game. And like you said, it'll take a lot of pressure off Dak in this passing game. But what got me a little bit worried is right now with our passing attack and our offense and these and these guys that to me are unproven is everything is going to have to go perfect. Like they're going to have to be able to be extremely accurate you're gonna have in a passing game. You're gonna have to be able to run the ball. You're gonna have to be able to keep these defenses off tilted because if you don't, they're gonna laser in on you. And I don't think we have the talent to just you know go out there and make one on ones and beat one on ones. And like you said, that's not even how our offense works. We don't look at one on one matchups. We look at scheme over players, and that worries me because there's a lot of unproven value in this uh, offense. Let me tell you something, okay? We got a running back that's making ninety. Okay, yeah. we got a first round receiver out there. We got a quarterback that's making 160. Mm-hmm. We got people out there who we believe yeah. are top talents in the league. All right, we just drafted offensive lineman Tyler Smith in the first round. And if he does play guard, he can be successful at guard. Yeah. If we are able to stay healthy at that left tackle position, still can uh, build off what he did last year, specifically on the right side of the offensive line. I think that we'll be okay. Now, we got to sure up some stuff at center and make sure that we're not getting bullied in the deck and we still have that time. But our offensive coordinator can help us with that. We're having some misdirection, yeah. maybe some outside runs, some stretches. We got Tony Pollard with some speed. And you have to feed Zeke. I, I don't want to hear all this talk about, you know, Zeke not the same as he was in yeah. previous years, all that stuff. What we've seen is when you give the man the opportunity, a real opportunity to run the ball and you include him in the game plan to where, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to center this game in our first quarter, second quarter off of you. We're going to feed you, and, and we're going to make the uh, uh, defense have to defend the run so we can then open up the pass. When we've seen uh, Kellen Moore do that, I think it was game two, mm-hmm. where uh, Zeke went off and Pollard went off. And all of a sudden, we thought the offense was back on track. And then we kind of reverted back to uh, the Tampa game yeah. where we did the extension of the run and we started throwing those screens outside. If we get back, <laughs> get back to, hey, Zeke, this is going to be on you. Every time we've done that with Zeke, we have been a successful team. <laughs> we've been through. a successful team from the top down. The receivers played better. Dak played better. The, the offensive line played, played better. Like, this is a, a simple thing for me. Yeah. And then now you can also add in a Tony Pollard who can give you that change of pace. I I think it's pretty simple, but is Kellen Moore going to depend on these guys to help his offensive line, who we are a little worried about, Mm -hmm. or is he going to say, all right, man, y'all block block 40, 50 times uh, in the past game and let guys like Aaron Donald come in here and rush down your throat? Like, like how are we going to get this done? Hopefully – it's you know it's it's the way that I want it to be where we're running the ball and then we're 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 then building our pass game off of that. I hope you're right. I hope you're right because too many times last year, I think it was about maybe five or six games last year, Zeke only had twelve total carries, like twelve. I mean, we're used to a guy like that 
being that bell cow, 20 to 25 uh, carries a game. And I forget the stat, but it's something ridiculous. Like if he has over – 20 some carries, the team is like 27 and one. I mean, it's something ridiculous to where you got to look at history and say, when we give this guy the ball and we give him a true opportunity to beat a bell cow back, good things happen for this offense. So hopefully, Kellen Moore can get back to that running the football and getting us back to that dominating offense. We'll see. Let me see. So, okay, we added a game last season, played 17 games. Zeke barely, barely got to a thousand yards. Barely. All right, he's a better running back than that. Yeah. Tony Parler had 100 less carries than Zeke and had 700 yards. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it don't make sense. <laughs> it, don't, it, does it don't not make sense. It don't make sense. Even if you just say, hey, man, combine these dudes at 1,700 yards, it's guys in the league who are rushing for 1,700 yards in a season. This is true. We have a better run game than this. We have to be able to look at this and say the talent that we have back there in the backfield is much better than the numbers that, we're show, that, that are showing up uh, throughout in, uh, the entirety of a season. And mm-hmm. then look at that and say – we're forgetting that Dan Quinn's on the other side. He can do. You some have work, the yeah. opportunity to not have to play that fast, yeah. right? You can run it, run it, and you punt it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on the first drive, you can you can trust that your defense is still going to keep you position. in the game. Yeah. Kansas City game. Yeah. We we in my mind, I was like, man, we we got to score because if not, Kansas City's going to blow us out. And what defense Quinn, step yeah. up, stepped up. So Chargers game, same thing. So defense Ke- stepped up. Kellen Moore has has a lot of weapons. At his disposal. And then he also has the weapon of his defense that is able to get him the ball back sometimes by getting turnovers or get him three and outs. Like, we were number one in third down for like half of the season. Yeah, number one. So, like, you know, ke- you know, Kellen, we got you, baby. We got Rely you. On your we defense. got you. Rely on your defense, man. Run the ball, you know, help your offense out. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. But, <laughs> I'm very worried. Uh, he's, I'm a little worried. But look, I mean, There's a bigger elephant in the room, and we'll discuss that when we get back from our commercial break, but penalties. How can our boy McCarthy, you know, correct that? Because it kind of hurt us last year, especially in the playoffs. So we'll discuss that on our way back. This is the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com and the SWBC Studios. We'll get back on the get back. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? 
If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Back to the Players' Lounge. Join us Juneteenth in celebration with the Dallas Cowboys and Miller Lite at the Star in Frisco on Saturday, June 18th from 2 to 6 p.m. Enjoy live performances, play lawn games, and shop local black-owned, black-owned businesses. For information, for more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com slash Juneteenth. That should be dope. That should be. So happy that, you know, we're, you know, we, we, we celebrating this thing all over the place, man. Oh, yeah. Juneteenth is going to be a good time. Make sure you come out, shop at those black-owned businesses. We all need your support. It'll be a great Saturday. It's going to be amazing. Father's Day, next day, actually, on Juneteenth. On June Father's 10th? Day <laughs> is on Juneteenth this year. You don't know what Father's Day is. No, I'm saying what day. Oh, it's a Sunday. Okay, all right. <laughs> Juneteenth June, June is on a Sunday, but this celebration is on the 18th on Saturday. Okay, all right. So but, it'll be an amazing celebration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I might, I might throw some crawfish in there on hey, Sunday. Hey, man, I'll add your wild. I ain't had no. I ain't mad. For yeah. those who don't know, this man across from me, I'll give props where props is due. Well, you talk about crawfish boiling on there with the potatoes and the sausage <laughs> and the, oh, my goodness. I'm over here salivating just thinking about it. <laughs> you didn't it. even I'm, eat crawfish just, before you got I, I'm up north. I'm like, man, what y'all doing eating that, man? And the man just was like, yo, just take a taste. Just take, crack that shell on me. I, I, ain't, I ain't left. I ain't left. Now, I haven't had my boy's crawfish in a couple years now, so I'm, you know, I'm Bro, due. I think I'm due. It's 102 degrees outside. It, 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 you ain't lying. I went out to golf the other day, man. Woo. Well, it's too hot. Well, it's, it's too, too hot, hot, man. It's too hot. But let's back dive, dive back in to this uh, Cowboys football thing. And, and something that kind of bit us in the butt all season and it and it reared its ugly head when we got to the playoffs and you know we kind of kind of knew it was a problem throughout the season but it didn't hurt us until it really hurt us and that's the penalties um we were the most penalized team in the National Football League last year and I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys and a lot of those penalties we're in the trenches, whether it's holding, you know, you know, false starts, offsides. We even have some defensive holdings on the defensive line, which, you know, I don't know how that works, but it, it, it was happening. So, McCray, I ask you this. How does Mike McCarthy fix this this problem? Because it is a problem that these guys are having with these penalties because they're, they're, they're not just, you know, okay, it's first first down. We get a, you know, a five-yard a five or a five-yard head start so or false start, so you have to go back five yards. It's happening on third down, the money downs. There's holding. It's just – and it's not – it's something that these players can control. You can control that by having better techniques. So how does the head coach, Mike McCarthy, battle this penalties problem? Because we don't want that to go into next year – and it ended up biting us in the butt again. Yeah, I think you just said it. Um, you you have to go. Well, you should have already gone into OTAs and then mini camp, going into training mm-hmm. camp, knowing that from the top down, Mike McCarthy has to communicate to his position coaches, the defensive line coaches, the offensive line coaches. Like you said, a lot of these penalties happened in the trenches because guys are out of position. Mm-hmm. Their technique is a little bit off, and it only takes a little bit. For when you're playing a guy like Aaron Donald, for him to beat you inside and you have to grab have him to grab in order him. to save a guy like Dak Prescott from getting injured or sacked. All mm-hmm. right, so you got to start with this in your footwork and your hand placements when you don't have pads on, yeah. because that is all you can work on That's at that it. point. That's you it. have to make sure that your hand placement and your foot and your footwork is correct, because if it's not, that puts you behind the eight ball as soon as the ball is snapped. Mm-hmm. 
And then you have to make hold these players accountable without a doubt. On those pre-snap penalties, those false starts, <laughs> those 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 offsides, those things that you can control just by by focusing looking at the on, football. On what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah. on that play, those are the ones that Mike McCarthy has to hold these uh, players accountable on, right? Sometimes you're going to get those penalties where mm-hmm. you're just playing very hard and it might be ticky-tacky and uh, uh it it, go, it can go either way based off how the referee is feeling on that play. But the ones, the pre-snap penalties, those are the ones that are almost inexcusable. Yeah. False start. That's uh, inex at home. Inexcusable. 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 Randy Gregory tackling a guy and getting a defensive holding. Inexcusable. Those are the ones that I think that Jerry Jones are, is talking about when he says these are. This is what we need to fix mm-hmm. during the season. Not that's not what I want to hear after the season. You cannot watch those plays and say, man, you know that that guy was just playing hard, yeah. and and I can forgive that. Nah, that's inexcusable. Nah. All right, those you know defensive holding, illegal contact. Sometimes that type of stuff happens, but yeah. some of the stuff is inexcusable. And I think those are the ones specifically that Mike McCarthy needs to make sure they get cleaned up before we get into the season because you see another season like that. It's going to be some trouble coming well, down from some Jerry. People, some people will lose a couple jobs. You, you yeah. see this going on. Because not only did the penalties happen throughout the year, but it's like they we had our worst penalty display in the biggest game of the year against the 49ers. And, and look, I, I understand aggressive penalties. Like if you know, a guy's going up, a receiver's going up for a ball, and a DB's just trying to dislodge him from the football so he hits him hard and maybe got a little bit of his helmet in there. I, I can see that. I mean, it's football – you know, it's hard to to kind of pinpoint accurate where your shoulder's going to land, especially if the offensive player is running with the football and he ducks his head as well. So I, I can see stuff like that. But to me, it's the penalties, like you said, that are they're just self-inflicting wounds. You know, false start. There's no way you should, as an offensive lineman, have false starts out there. You're in the huddle. The quarterback's looking dead at you saying, look, we're going on two. We're going on first sound. I'm going to try to draw them off sides right here. You should be able to hold your water. Defensively, D line, you're looking at the football. You, I mean, it ain't like you're just all right. I'm gonna guess this now. You are looking at the football. There's, those are the type of penalties to me, as well as holding, that you, they're just self-inflicting, and you cannot go about your season that way, or it's gonna crumble like it did for us. So to me, I'm hundred percent with you. Mike McCarthy has got to keep these players accountable. You can't go out there. A player can't go out there. Ah, jump side offsides on a third and four. Now yeah, it's first there you down because all penalties are not equal. They're not. They're not. Now if it's you know first and twenty yeah. or third and twenty, and the guy's like, ah, ah yeah. jumped offsides. It's third and fifteen. Okay, but if it's third and three. And you jumping off sides and giving them a whole first down, those are things that the coach has got to keep these players accountable. And it's got to be like, hey, man, come sit by me for a second because I got to talk to you about this penalty. Because not only are you hurting the team, but just the morale. You've been out there yes. on the football field. You know, defensively, you're it's hard. It's hard out there going against the offense. So when you have them on a third and let's just say third and four, third and three, and you give them an easy first down, I mean, that's just just demoralizing for the defense overall. So I'm with you 100%. McCarthy has got to keep these players accountable. Yeah, and, and, and the players also have to hold themselves accountable as well. Guys yeah. like Demarcus Lawrence, guys like Michael Parsons, they have to have that respect in the locker room to say the, the guys that are playing with them, they should have the respect to say, man, I'm going to make sure I do my job because – I don't want to let a Michael Parsons down. I don't want to let a DeMarcus Lawrence down. I don't want to let these guys down. And they might put me off the field, especially coming in as a rookie, Mm -hmm. right? The rookie should almost fear 
making those type of mistakes. And that's coming from a Demarcus Lawrence and a Michael Parsons, those those veterans in that locker room, because they know that they're going to have to hear it. So you're saying it's not only the coaches that got to keep it, but the players, the leaders in that locker room also got to keep these guys oh, accountable. Oh, oh, a defensive lineman? Yes, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they should be like, hey, man, listen, I'm gonna jump. if I jump off sides this time, Demarcus Lawrence is coming to give me an earful. All right? Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that I do my job. One – because that's my responsibility. <laughs> that's what we've been working on at practice. I owe it to my teammates to do everything in my power to make sure that I stay on size first and then do my job. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, you were there when we were young players in the rookie first year in the league, and we're going with, you know, guys like Demarcus Ware and, and, and Bowen and Hatcher and those, you know, veterans that were super established in the National Football League. When you made a mistake out there, they let you know about it. You know, whether it's, hey, man, come here, let me holler at you, or if it's tough love, like, hey, man, get get your, you know what, together because we're going to count on you to make plays for this defense. So I'm with you 100%. It's not only on the coach. It's got to be on the leaders in that locker room as well. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I think we got the right guys. I think yeah. we got the right guys. I think Mark, Michael Parsons has already grown into that guy. I think yeah. guys are looking up to, to the way that he plays. There was always DeMarcus Ware saying, hey, man, if you want to know how you should be playing tomorrow, watch me. Yeah. <laughs> watch yeah. me on the field. <laughs> you did. want an example of how hard you need to play, the, the, the intensity that you need to play with? Watch the way that I play. I think Michael Parsons is that guy. And it's proven by a veteran like Demarcus Lawrence saying, I've been watching uh, this young kid play. Yeah. And he has instilled something in me. He lit a fire in me to like, I need to play a little bit harder. That's the greatest, uh, <laughs> that's the greatest compliment a young guy can have. Like When you got an established vet like a D-Law saying, you know what, this kid right here, he, he's making me step up my level as a player you that's one of the best accomplishments or one of the greatest compliments a young guy can have now before we run out of time i only know we only got about two minutes left but i gotta get your thoughts on this nba finals i know it's, it's not football it's not cowboys but it's been a good final so far 2-2 golden state just won that last one in boston i'm a basketball guy i like basketball i wish i was a couple inches taller maybe i would have been able to play in the league so that's all you need is a couple inches taller that's it that's all i need and you was okay that's all i need. I saw you i, in, I saw you first in of LA all that was, that was years after that was I, I ain't touched a basketball in years and then we got to la finish it's like riding the bike it's riding the bike like, all right anyway i, I shot I had like eight points that game right, everyone that's said eight <laughs> <laughs> He's only playing at 12, guys. <laughs> but what do you thoughts? I mean, Chef Curry cooked it up last game. I think he had like 43 points, one of his career highs in the playoffs, especially in the finals. You got Golden State winning this thing? Man, they, they are in Golden State tonight. Yeah, they're in there. Um, they so in there. I actually do have Golden State winning tonight. I think it's going to game seven. I think Boston will win. When they go back to Boston, and that was then, your squad, though. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, no, I was just following Booker. Ray Allen. Oh, okay. I just followed oh, Ray bad. Allen. After, okay. after Ray Allen left, it was over <laughs> uh, for me. You know, what I'm saying I'm just enjoying the fact that we have actually two fresh teams. All right, mm. and that's the Golden State Warriors without KD. Right, yes. they had a couple off years, uh, and then you got Boston. Usually, you see like a Golden State with KD, or you assume that Brooklyn was going to be in yeah. it. You assume LeBron was going to be in it. We have two teams, very good teams that play totally different types of uh, types of styles of basketball. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And they locked up at 2-2 two and two right now. So I'm excited to be able to watch the game tonight and see who's going to win. But I think – I know, like, guard Steph Curry probably has to be one of the most frustrating things man. on earth. Just All imagine, right? like, the man 
man pulling up from half court, and you're like, this dude really might make it. Like, <laughs> and he makes it. I'm just, it's got to be so frustrating. But I hope Boston win because I'm going to be honest with you, Steph Curry and that mouthpiece just chewing it off, <laughs> shimmying everywhere. That is getting on my last nerves. I need somebody to knock him off his throne, and hopefully Boston I got I got Boston winning in seven. Yeah, I, I, I need a, it. I got Boston winning in seven, but I think Golden State is going to take it tonight. Steph Curry's on fire at the moment. He is. Uh, you know, uh, they just got to find a way. They just got to find, find a way. All right, find a way. Draymond may give them away. Right? Yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. That he man has been playing away. terrible. And hopefully the Cowboys find a way to repeat on the defensive side of the football like they did last year with Dan Quinn. Okay, I like that saying. Like I did. Well, we are out of time today. And this was the last podcast, I believe, until we get back to training camp. I think there's a little break going on. So thanks for everybody who are listening to us throughout the offseason. We'll be back in a month or so uh, to get back to the Players' Lounge. But it's your boy, B. Church. It's your average box safety over here with the star, the celebrity, reality TV's own. Oh, the challenge. Come on, uh, oh, July 6th. Oh, the challenge. Let the people on, know. The challenge comes on. The challenge USA, July 6th. 8.30 p.m. on CBS. Check your boy out. Uh, my He's second, booked! My second reality He's TV booked. venture, all right? So make sure you check me out. And come to these camps, all right? Make sure you sign up before they sold out. Don't be emailing me talking about, can you fit me in? I can't get you in. I told you. Make sure you sign up as soon as you can because these things will be sold out very soon. Get your tickets early to camp July 6th. July 6th. July 6th. 6. Watch 8, party. 8 p.m. CBS, The Challenge. My boy McCray's out there doing his thing. Like I said, I'm just a box safety. But this has been the Players Lounge on this Monday afternoon, brought to you by Hotels.com and our SWBC Podcast Studios. Hopefully y'all enjoy. We'll see you when you get back from break. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!